G'day and welcome to GradChat, your opportunity to find out about graduate research here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ and I am your host for this week's GradChat. Of course, a show like this could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies and CFRC, so thank you very much to both of them. Now, if you mates miss the show at any time, you can download the podcast the next day on either iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. So no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. Today, though, I would like to introduce you to Emily Harmson, who is doing a Master's in Cultural Studies under the supervision of Dr. Claire Davies. Welcome to Grad Chat, Emily. Thank you. It's nice to be here. That's good uh, because you are here. And again, we're online. Now we're doing this outside the studio. Uh, you know, we're still in the sort of that COVID area. And, and when we can, we, we go into the studio to do it, but sometimes we can't. And sometimes it's just easier to do it offsite. And with all the new technologies these days, it certainly has made things so much easier, which uh, has made it much easier for me because I wanted to make sure Grad Chat continued uh, throughout the year pandemic or not we want to have it have grad chat on the air every single week so i really appreciate it emily you saying yes and yes to being able to do it online and i know towards the end of the show I'm, i want to ask you a little bit more about podcasting because i understand that perhaps you are thinking about doing some podcasts which i know will be great for everyone and maybe you can get cfrc to do that for you as well or work with you on that so we'll talk about that a little bit later but for now before we actually get into your research I want to talk to you a little bit about your background. And so I, I understand you previously did your bachelor's degree in fashion design at Ryerson University. What made you want to then go on to further education, in particular a master's degree with a fashion background? Because not a lot of people don't think of fashion and let's do grad studies. Yeah. So when I graduated, actually, there wasn't a, a program at Ryerson that offered kind of graduate studies, but now there is actually, there are some more options available for me. I was drawn to cultural studies and, and kind of changing the direction a little bit to bring more kind of inclusivity and accessible design study into it, because that was something that I felt was lacking from my undergraduate degree. So the creativity, working with textiles, learning how to sew, pattern drafting, all of that was very much entrenched in my, my bachelor's degree. But kind of learning about doing things to be more inclusive was something that I really felt was important as a designer to learn about and not just to learn surface level, to actually dig deep and be able to understand and, and learn more about design empathy and designing from a spot of empathy. Okay, so expand on that a little bit more because your research is, as you said, is about inclusive and accessible design. What do you actually mean by that? Inclusive and accessible in terms of more people being able to be in the fashion industry or more inclusive and accessible to be, like you said, some of the designs are more inclusive. So it's not just a Western look, it's other looks. What do you exactly do you mean by that? 
Yeah, so I understand that can be confusing for a lot of people. So I can kind of break break that down a little bit. So inclusive design is essentially a type of design that is coming from a place that is not exclusionary. So it's kind of the opposite right, of what, of what <laughs> exclusion is. So when you think of that, I mean, a lot of inherently the history of a lot of the fashion industry itself has had an exclusionary tone marketing campaigns are depicted and the models that are chosen to wear clothing, whether it's their skin tone, their body type, um, you know, their, their physical appearance in general. Um, And I think inherently throughout the years, it's, it's was quite exclusionary in the way that fashion was marketed and then as well and how it was created. So the idea with inclusive design is to kind of broaden your perspectives of who right. is your wearer, but not only who is your wearer, you know, our world is, is very diverse. So it, it doesn't really, it didn't make sense to me to just be making clothing that was for, you know, one particular yes. body type, for instance, yes, one particular body type, one particular type of person, one particular right. type of anything. So the idea is your, yeah, learning about that. And then accessible design is more specific to disability. So it is, you know, looking at different mobility needs or sensory needs of a potential customer. So is that sort of, if you're looking at accessible, uh, Mm -hmm. and I'm probably going all over the place, does that sort of mean the materials you might use that for someone who, for instance, is in a wheelchair all day, maybe they need different sorts of materials so it doesn't get uncomfortable or if you've I don't know if you're blind did you need something different not a lot of buttons and things something easier to put on and off without having to worry about where that little tiny button is and is that the kind of thing you're talking about there on the accessible thing yes accessible side yeah so something like um you know a, a sensory issue then that would be okay you know this type of fabric does not feel good on your body so what types Mm -hmm. of fabric do feel good let's create a garment that way if you don't have this dexterity to as you said like use a button you could offer a snap option or or magnetized closure or potentially just a full wrap with with no closures so, you know so there are, are different ways to to look at it there's many different companies that that offer this type of thing something that i kind of a bit of a, a different angle that i'm bringing into it as well is the sustainability and kind of responsible design aspect where right. mm-hmm. there are quite a few um you Bad know practices assistive devices and things like that but they mm-hmm. are not the materials used are not natural materials. So that was something I kind of thought, okay, inclusion, inclusion of not only different lifestyles, different body types, but also inclusion of mother nature. (laughs) So you could have put another area on this is to do environmental or environmental design or you know, bringing in all those sorts of things as well. And which could also include um, fashion industry practices, um, which we know some are, some aren't so good. If you think of the sweatshops, it, those yeah. kind of things too. Yeah, yeah. And thinking of not only the the end user and kind of like mm-hmm. the, you know, I mean, the cradle to cradle aspect where it's you know your your things that are being put out there are being reused and they're not just completely becoming you know 
going to landfill, but also thinking about everybody along the supply chain. So I've, I've been Run. really interested as well in keeping things that I create, um, trying to create, you know, supply chains within Canada and, and look in and ask questions about where is this sourced from? Where am I actually getting this? Is it mm-hmm. from an ethical factory? And then being empathetic, not only to the end user, but also to the people that I'd be employing to create these garments because right. it's, it's all very important and everybody, it, it's such an impactful industry. So I guess it's lucky you've only sort of picked on two areas to focus on for your masters, which is the inclusive and accessible, but clearly there's a lot more there that you could be doing for a PhD if you choose to go that further, or maybe this is enough just to open people's eyes to think a little bit more about the fashion industry. I know back in the 60s, you know, we had Twiggy that totally changed what fashion should look like and a model for the for the fashion industry of that era. I am pleased to say that over the last few years, things are changing of what's models and things are out there both on a body type as well as a, a look and and everything so things are changing which is great but I th- clearly we still need to do a lot more on that so looking at your your research itself you say you're conducting a Canadian based field study as well as an autoethnographic reflections so explain a little bit about how you're going about your research for this particular topic Right. Yeah. So I really wanted to reach out and hear from other designers about their experiences, because I know that entering the fashion industry, it's not an easy place to be. It's it's a difficult industry to find your way through. But also when you add in trying to create garments or, or items that are accessibly minded and and for people with maybe a different lived experience than you, that adds another layer because it's, you know, you're trying to create something for maybe a community that you aren't fully aware of. I mean, nobody really knows anybody's lived experience fully, but the idea was I wanted to reach out beyond myself and my experiences as a designer to be able to say, okay, what's happening in in the industry what what are people saying who are doing this type of work and what do they believe the biggest obstacles are cuz i know some of the ones that i believe but it may be that there are more maybe that we're we're all on the same page so the idea was right. to look at that and try to see if i can i can find any commonalities and and try to to work from that to say okay these are the major issues these are the barriers because i mean i believe that design should be continuously becoming more inclusive and more accessible. But I know it can be a lot of smaller companies can sometimes say, I don't have the the resources to diversify that much. Exactly. So I thought maybe through this research, I'd be able to help put together some sort of resource in a way for the smaller companies that are feeling like they're up against, you know, they have a a lot they have to do. It's very challenging. And there's maybe only so many resources, like you said. So a way to make it easier for people to bring more inclusivity into their companies and a more accessible mindset into how they are designing these items from the get-go. Because, you know, adaptations are great. 
But if you're kind of starting, if your starting point is already open-minded, that's definitely, I think, going to be better. And then my autoethnographic is essentially just my experiences myself uh, as a designer and creating my own brand and and kind of reflecting on that because it really has changed. I mean, I, I did not go into this thinking, oh, I know everything about this or I know, you know, or thinking like I, I don't. There's so much to learn all the time. So I've really seen even in myself quite a change throughout this degree and the way I view it, the way I understand disability and accessibility and, and uh, how I fit into that and how I can help from my perspective with my expertise as a designer. Now, how, how do we make sure that even with this great work that you're doing that, you know, people may look and go, yeah, totally on board because we could say the change in people's thinking these days could be a fad hopefully not but we could say oh the, you know in the early you know early 2020s everything was about edii how are you going to put it across where this shouldn't just be a fleeting fad it needs to be incorporated in every time we're thinking about fashion for instance right there well there are two things so something that i say often when trying to get through to somebody who's maybe saying, you know, oh, it's just a trend or, oh, really, do we really need that? Or do we really need to change everything? Or, and I, I say there are two types of people in the world, people that are living with a disability and people that are waiting to eventually live life with a disability, because really disability is the most universal thing that affects us all, whether it's a loved one, that we know right. that lives with uh, some sort of disability or something that happens to us later in our life. But really, it's very truly something that is so human and mm-hmm. and so universal that I do not believe it's never something that, oh, it's going to go away. It's something that I don't believe should be looked at or looked at in a way that's like pitied or anything like that. I, no. I don't believe that. I believe that it's it's life, like like any of us. And it's something that should be embraced and, and said, okay, there are various people living in various ways and we should not try to hide this or try to continue our world in the ableist way that it's built because it's, it's really, it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, so that's the hard thing. But I, me saying that, you know, I understand that my perspective is, you know no, it's good perspective though because you should you should continue in this vein because it shouldn't and i brought the fad up or the trend up because that's how a lot of people think of fashion yeah, yeah. fashion first of all in my opinion can look fashionable for anybody and so we talked about different body types different looks we talked about people with disabilities just because, for instance, you've got a disability where you have to have a, a garment that's got a snatch clip on, whatever you called it, mm-hmm. doesn't mean to say it has to look ugly. Yes. No one even knows. It, there was design elements in there to make it more accessible. They just know, oh, this is a really nice garment. Exactly. And that is exactly, that was what I was going to say about my second point, because essentially I don't believe that style and the ability to access style should be 
only available to able-bodied, like, she was able-bodied like teenagers or something, you know, because I know there's right. also an issue with even, you know, women of, of a certain age being able to feel like, well, what the heck? I don't want to wear that. I still want to look stylish and there's nothing for me. So it's an issue that exists in, in many different different aspects of the fashion industry. But a difference that, for instance, I'm trying to build into my own company is I'm not targeting. I'm not even saying that my company is for a specific niche area. No, it's for no, anyone. It's for anybody. So, you know, I could give it to my friend and say, here's a cute dress that do you like it? Do you want to wear it? Sure. Oh, it's also adaptable. So you can easily open the entire sleeve and easily adorn yourself in the dress, but you may just be able to put it over your head. So it kind of depends on the abilities. And I think that if more design is created in that way, that it's just, okay, it doesn't have to be segregated and Mm -hmm design itself good design is good design and in reality too style is so personal that I'm not expecting either that everybody's gonna like the same thing because we don't and we shouldn't you know but knowing that we could all wear it if we wanted to that's kind of the idea yeah it's interesting you're talking about like scarves and things or a wrap around that has different ways of doing it. I, I remember sometimes I used to get those scarves and they have the di- different descriptions you can do it this way you can tie a knot here you can do this there and I go oh yeah. my god this all these different things that I could do I never even thought of doing but someone perhaps with a disability saying well I can have that and still look trendy and no one would know mm-hmm. the difference because someone who hasn't got my disability is wearing it that way for instance and, and stuff so I mean I think that's that's really sensible because it's also as a, an entrepreneur you're opening up your market without people realizing well you're wanting to make your work more accessible but you're looking for those groups who ordinarily have, have missed out yeah, exactly. And I think that also like when you a lot of people think off the top of their heads for, you know, a Canadian accessible brand, they maybe think about like Silverts, for example, which is a company that it, it's predominantly for like the senior citizen. Okay. Market. So it it's not it, it's kind of glossing over the fact that there are so there are some niche areas and if you want to call it a niche area go for it but if you want to expand to more groups well exactly and I think that there's been like the youth market for people living with a disability is really underserved so that's kind of what I'm targeting looking at but there are are other companies like is adaptive out of Toronto that's doing amazing amazing work and it's it's really beautiful clothing that is for it's all accessible and it's it's amazing the great thing is there's definitely more companies that are thinking about this and there's also the like tommy hill figure and uh, i believe target now also has a oh is that right accessible line but for me that that's missing the mark for me because it doesn't have the kind of sustainability earth friendly aspect because right. it's more mass marketed so i mean it's a fine line and it, it's it's really it's really fun to be doing this. Is it looking, because you talked about the environmental side. So is it more about finding a design that will work for the accessibility? And then after you've found the design like that, then looking at, well, how can I make it more environmentally friendly? 
Yeah, that would that's more about like sourcing, right? So yeah, I would the the design I would start with the design and and that's essentially mm -hmm. where where I where I start when it's okay, asking and talking to to people who have different disabilities and then saying, okay, what's your experience with this? What's something you've always wanted that has never you've never been able to find or what, you know, actually speaking to somebody who has that lived experience, that's like where I would start generally and then create a design from there. And then when I get to the point where I'm past prototyping and I say, okay, I need to start sourcing, which I have started doing some sourcing. Um, right. Then I think, okay, like I would like this material to be soft. I would like it to feel nice on the body, but I'd also like it to not have a high polyester content. I'd like it to have right. no polyester, you know, but then you kind of have to think of wearability. So there's a lot of kind of testing things. I have some pieces that I've made and I've, I'm just washing them and wearing them. Cause that's another right. aspect too. You want it to be durable, but you, so that's the portion. And then there's the portion of, okay, who am I going to get to make these? Who's gonna be well, making because these? you have these companies sometimes that making things out of plastics or reusable mm -hmm. plastics, whether that's good for your body, I don't know, uh, yeah. but it is, it is using a waste product. So it's not wasted. It's actually being reused, which is, which is nice. Not necessarily it's going to work for everybody. Yeah. But again, they found a way of recycling to make something else. I'm always a big believer in natural products, but there's that yeah. there's that element as well. I know it's interesting, but I think even that, because I think the, the idea of that is great, thinking this is reusable, but then in reality, a lot of these industrial machines that do the recycling right. put out a lot as well. Stuff as well. Yeah, good yeah, point. It's, it's good so point. Hard. I mean, I'm really sticking to the natural elements, but that that's another thing too I've been asking. I mean, I, I know I'm kind of going between talking about my business right now and talking no. about my research, but- But, but it's all, um, all connected. It is exactly. It's all connected. And so I'm asking, you know, other people what, what they're doing as well. Cause I, I know it's for everybody's got a different view on it, but there's a really interesting book. It's not an academic book, but it's called Magnifico, like, or Magnifico. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but they talk a lot in the book about how these plastics, when you actually think about the health of your body, mm -hmm. that is it's not ideal to even be wearing these things against your skin because your skin being your largest organ. So breathe properly. These, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's all kind of been all this different research throughout the years that has, has led me to, okay, I'm going to stick with natural as much as I can. But at the same time, it's, you start looking at numbers and then you realize, okay, what can I afford as a small business? And, and maybe right. the goal is here. And I will work towards my goal, but I'll be transparent with, you know, right. My yeah. And it could be like you said, I mean, if you're looking at more natural, I mean, some people go, what can I use that's available to me in my vicinity, in my area? Yeah. Let's work with that first, start small, see if it's even going to work and then look to see how you can ex expand on that. So, so this, now, all this work that you're doing is is fascinating because I'm sure it's helping you too with your own business. You, I think you said at the beginning that what you're hoping to get from your research is then something that perhaps, uh, is this something what you, you put together that Ryerson can put in their courses now of saying, you know, what to look for when you're, or what to think about when you're designing? Yeah, I mean, that would be great. I don't know. I don't even know how to, how I would, 
I guess I could reach out and ask them. Just that. so you look, but... I'm an alum of your institution. Yeah. Just done this research. Can I come and give a lecture on it? Yeah, that is true. That is a good point. I thank you for that. I should do. That. <laughs> um, I think too at this point, I'm just because you'd mentioned a PhD too, and I'm I'm yeah. like, yes, I think that would be great. But I also am like, I need a break. Totally. Totally. Yeah, but so the the idea is exactly that. So the research is the broad picture of like, this is the ideal. The research that I'm doing is I'm hoping to come up with an ideal, like this would be the best case scenario. Right. And the business aspect of it that I'm trying to basically develop to have that be something I take forward after school um, will be my tangible, like, realistic like what can i actually do so it's kind of like right. the research is the dream right yes of the goal you know the end goal someday doing it exactly like that but then in reality the business will be okay this is my what i can do right now at this and, point in and, time yeah and to not have it be such a i think a lot of the time people are afraid to approach these things because they think it has to be perfect you know and right. I, I really want to try to get across that you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to always know the exact language or the exact right thing to do. And if you make a mistake, it's okay. Or you say the wrong thing, you know, if it's coming from a place of empathy, then I think right. that's okay. And, and there are things I'm sure, you know, I may not be saying exactly the right thing, but I think people can hopefully tell that I am trying and I'm hoping to put something in the world that is, is for good. Yeah. And I think just kind of getting away from the expectation of perfection is something I'm I'm really hoping to get across in general to say I think at the end of the day like you said I mean this is what you we should all be aspiring to mm. and I, I may think if nothing else that's the first thing that people should be aspiring to and always thinking about like we're talking about at school right now we should always be thinking about equity diversity and inclusion mm. yeah it, it should come to the point where we don't even have to think about it because it's just a natural thing for us to do. And the same within fashion, you know, let's just not just make something look pretty for a select few. How can we always be thinking about how can we make this more inclusive? And some companies have done that. You know, they've got nice designs and the way they've been, because they're bigger companies, they're able to mass produce it at a lower cost. Now it's one way to make it more inclusive or more accessible even. But they need to do more than that, like as you've alluded to with when we make it accessible, it's not just the dollar cost of accessibility. It's, you know, can I wear this garment because I, for instance, I have this disability, different things no. like that. Exactly. So. And I, I think that the, the policies like with the, the kind of the AODA and the web content accessibility guidelines and things like that the fact that there are now these these policies in place that does help and i think as well in fashion and in these different industries there there's going to continue i think to be different maybe not a law but like different things that people say okay this is we have to do this we have to have to. a certain element of this this and this yeah. especially yeah. with the environment i think they're starting to put more environmental you know, yeah. guidelines and for people to follow, but like things like the B Corporation and, and those kinds of things are really helpful for. So what's the B Corporation? Uh, it's a way to kind of, I'm trying to think, I don't know, 
I'm going to botch the wording, but the, it's, a, <laughs> it's a guideline essentially. So you get the certification that you can oh, get okay. as a company to basically state that you have built your company in a way that is is green and ethical and that, that okay. you're, you're, you're treating your employees fairly and, and right. people along the supply chain. So that's something I'm striving for as well. But again, as a small company, there are costs to a lot of these things. So right. the nice thing is, you know, you can follow, they offer like a guideline that you follow. And then when you have the money, you can essentially do that, but do that. You, you structure it in a way from the get go. So that's kind of something I was inspired by too. You know, you structure it. So, Hey, if I can structure this in a way, the best to my ability right now, yeah. then, you know, in five years, 10 years, however long that is, you know, then maybe you can, you can create more change as you go. And yeah. So I mentioned at the beginning that so you, you're thinking about doing a podcast, you and you and the mates. So are these the kind of topics you want to bring up in your podcast? Because I, I think we could go on forever talking about this, these, this topic. So is that the kind of thing you're thinking of doing? And is it, and is it because you want to get you the word out there about people should be looking at this? Yeah. So it's more, it, I mean, it's not specifically this topic, but it's the idea of talking about whether it's, you know, an event in the world or it's a TV show that's popular with a problematic episode or, or something like that, <laughs> kind of saying, hey, like talking about it and how, talking about it with another friend and and, yeah. and input from, from guests about essentially of the moment topics, of the moment okay things that are that's happening good. so something like this would definitely be a top i think you should lead with this one yeah. okay <laughs> perfect okay we know now we know call it said so <laughs> well i wish you the best of luck with that as well and clearly you, you've got a topic here that needs to be looked at and uh, we all know there's been issues over many many years with the fashion industries for those that don't do the right thing and those that do and then the fact that things are changing where more people are looking about making fashion more accessible and inclusive. I, I think that's awesome. And anything you can sort of bring to the fore to help others, particularly startups, I think is incredible. You might actually have given people um, some inspiration to go, you know what, I totally agree with you. And maybe I can do something like that too to sort of help others. So I wish you all the best with, with both projects, finishing your master's and your new little business that you're doing there. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And if people want to follow along on my little journey, uh, they can go on Instagram. It's at triple underscore E-M-S-K-E. So it's pronounced Emska. Yeah. Or E-M-S-K-E dot C-A at the same time too. Feel free to reach out through Queens if anybody has questions about this. And I'm always an open book. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And like I said, I wish you the best in, in both your ventures that you're doing right now. And I'm sure you're going to do really, really well. Thank so that's you. it, everyone. A Another week of Grad Chat sadly comes to an end. Don't forget, you can download the show tomorrow from either iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher. Just type in Grad Chat. Until next week, this is CJ the DJ signing off with a big hooray. Gotcha. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.